Welcome back to Season 3 of Spoonful of Sugar. Today's episode on myasthenia gravis and Lambert-Eaton syndrome will be hosted by international medical student Divya Patel. Hope you enjoy! Hey future doctors! Thanks for tuning in to Spoonful of Sugar, a podcast made for medical students by medical students to help the medicine go down. My name is Divya Patel. I am a student at BJ Medical College and I will be your host today. We'll be reviewing myasthenia gravis and Lambert-Eaton myasthenic syndrome and I'll be asking you lots of questions and I encourage you to think about the answers and I'll pause in between to let you think about the answers. Again, I emphasize that this is just a review. Myasthenia gravis and Lambert-Eaton myasthenic syndrome are very important topics for the boards. Something that you should definitely know very well. So, let's just dive right into it, shall we? Now, what is myasthenia gravis? If you said it's an autoimmune disorder, you are absolutely correct. Myasthenia gravis is an autoimmune disorder in which the autoantibodies are directed against the nicotinic acetylcholine receptors of the neuromuscular junction that leads to a reduced postsynaptic response to acetylcholine and it results in significant muscle fatigue. Now, which muscles are prone to fatigue? If you said the muscles that are stimulated repeatedly like the extracular muscles, you are absolutely right. The peak incidence of myasthenia gravis in women is around the age of 20 to 30 years, while in men around 50 to 70 years. It is more common in women like any other autoimmune disorder. Now let's look at the clinical features of myasthenia gravis. There occurs skeletal muscle weakness in myasthenia gravis with preservation of sensation and reflexes. This muscle weakness is exacerbated by continued use of muscle and it improves with rest. Therefore, the symptoms worsen towards the end of the day due to fatigue. The involved muscles may vary and include the following muscles, cranial muscles like the extracular muscles, eyelids, facial muscles, limb muscles. The most common initial symptoms are ptosis, diplopia and blurring of vision. There also occurs generalized weakness, dysarthria and dysphagia. Myasthenia gravis progresses slowly with periodic exacerbations. Myasthenic crisis is a medical emergency that occurs in 15% of patients in which the diaphragm and intercostal fatigue results in respiratory failure that often requires mechanical ventilation. Quick note that myasthenia gravis may be limited only to the extracular muscles, especially in the elderly population. Now let's dive right into the diagnosis part for myasthenia gravis. The acetylcholine receptor antibody test is the test of choice since it is the most specific one. Nevertheless. 20% of patients with clinical manifestations of myasthenia gravis 
may be antibody negative. After acetylcholine receptor antibody test, we will go for the electromyography. An EMG shows a decremental response to repetitive stimulation of motor nerves. After an EMG, we go for a CT scan of thorax. A CT scan of the thorax can rule out thymoma. Thymoma is present in only 10 to 15% of the patients, but the thymus is historically or histologically abnormal in 75% of the patients. We can also do the adrophonium or the tensilon test. In this test, the anticholine esterase medications cause marked improvement of symptoms, but it has a high false positive rate, so its utility is limited. A quick note that Lambert Heaton myasthenic syndrome is commonly confused with myasthenia gravis. Lambert Heaton myasthenic syndrome is usually associated with small cell lung cancer as it is caused by the autoantibodies directed against the presynaptic calcium channels. Clinical features of LEMS include proximal muscle weakness and hyporeflexia. Note that the reflexes are preserved in myasthenia gravis. So LMS must be distinguished from myasthenia gravis in that the symptoms in LEMS improve with repeated muscle stimulation. Now moving on to the treatment of myasthenia gravis. The treatment includes ACE inhibitors, for example, pyrostigmine are given. The mechanism of action is inhibiting acetylcholine esterase, which increases the concentration of acetylcholine at the synapse by decreasing the breakdown of acetylcholine. This provides a symptomatic benefit only. Thymectomy. This provides a symptomatic benefit and complete remission in many patients even in the absence of a thymoma. Although usually benign, thymoma is an absolute indication for thymectomy. We also give the immunosuppressive drugs. For example, we use corticosteroids for patients with a poor response to acetylcholine esterase inhibitors. Drugs like azathioprine and cyclosporine are alternative third-line immunosuppressive drugs. Patient also receives the plasmapheresis. Plasmapheresis removes antibodies to acetylcholine receptors. We use it if all else fails or if the patient is in respiratory failure. The patient also receives the IV immunoglobulin therapy. The IV immunoglobulin therapy is now sometimes used for acute exacerbation. We also need to monitor serial force vital capacities a force vital capacity of 15 milliliters per kg, that is about 1 liter, is generally an indication for intubation. Patients in myasthenic crisis have a low threshold for intubation. So, we should not wait until the patient is hypoxic. Quick note, the medications that exacerbate symptoms of myasthenia gravis include antibiotics like aminoglycosides, fluoroquinolones, beta blockers, some antiarrhythmics like quinidine, procainamide and lidocaine. Now let's discuss another important topic whose initial presentation can be similar to that of myasthenia gravis. Lambert-Eaton myasthenic syndrome LEMS. Lambert-Eaton myasthenic syndrome, it is a rare autoimmune disease that reduces neuromuscular transmission 
leading to muscle weakness it can be either a perineoplastic syndrome now first let's discuss what is a perineoplastic syndrome perineoplastic syndromes are a set of clinical features that are caused by either an altered immune response to a systemic malignancy or because of substances like hormones cellular proteins produced by tumors LEMS is usually associated with small cell lung carcinoma or it may be associated with other autoimmune diseases moving on to the pathophysiology of LEMS in LEMS the autoantibodies are directed against presynaptic voltage gated calcium channels that is anti vgcc antibodies which leads to decreased calcium influx which further leads to decreased presynaptic vesicle fusion which eventually leads to impaired acetylcholine release in the neuromuscular junction now let's discuss the clinical features of lambert eaton myasthenic syndrome there occurs proximal muscle weakness in lambert eaton myasthenic syndrome with reduced or absent reflexes that is hyporeflexia or areflexia autonomic symptoms can also be frequently seen like dry mouth constipation erectile dysfunction and ejaculatory dysfunction there also occurs orthostatic dysregulation moving on to the diagnosis part of lambert eaton myasthenic syndrome diagnostics include physical examination in which active muscle contraction or repeated muscle tapping increases the reflex activity it is called the lambert sign which is a physical examination finding in which the patient's muscle strength improves with repetitive or ongoing use for example muscle force gradually increases when a patient with lems is asked to squeeze the examiner's hand on doing the electromyography repetitive nerve stimulus results in incremental responses on emg the confirmatory test for lems is serological detection of anti vgcc antibodies other diagnostic tests include chest abdomen and pelvic ct for evaluation of an underlying malignancy now let's move on to the treatment for lems for perineoplastic lambert eaton myasthenic syndrome we should give therapy for the underlying malignancy the first line to improve the neuromuscular transmission is amifepridine it is an orphan drug which is used as the first line treatment for lambert eaton myasthenic syndrome its mechanism of action is blockade of presynaptic potassium channels which increases the action potential duration which causes increased presynaptic calcium concentrations now let's have a quick comparison of myasthenia gravis and lambert eaton myasthenic syndrome Myasthenia gravis is associated with diseases like thymoma, 
while Lambert-Eaton myasthenic syndrome is associated with small cell lung cancer. In myasthenia gravis, the weakness starts with extraocular muscles and it worsens with exercise and throughout the day. While in Lambert-Eaton myasthenic syndrome, the weakness is starts with proximal limb muscles and the weakness improves with exercise and throughout the day. In myasthenia gravis, the reflexes are normal, whereas in Lambert-Eaton myasthenic syndrome, the reflexes are either reduced or absent. In myasthenia gravis on EMG, repetitive muscle stimulation or repetitive nerve stimulation will give decremental responses, whereas in Lambert-Eaton myasthenic syndrome, repetitive nerve stimulation will give incremental responses. Autonomic dysfunction is absent in myasthenia gravis, whereas it is very common in Lambert-Eaton myasthenic syndrome. When we compare the response to acetylcholine esterase inhibitors, there is symptomatic relief in myasthenia gravis, whereas there is no response in Lambert-Eaton myasthenic syndrome. That brings us to the end of this episode. Let's just quickly recap what we reviewed today. We first discussed myasthenia gravis that it is an autoimmune disorder. The autoantibodies are directed against the nicotinic acetylcholine receptors of the neuromuscular junction. It is more common in women like any other autoimmune disorder. There occurs skeletal muscle weakness with preservation of sensation and reflexes in myasthenia gravis. The weakness is exacerbated by continued use of muscle and it improves with rest and worsens towards the end of the day. The most common initial symptoms of myasthenia gravis are ptosis, diplopia and blurring of vision. The diagnostic tests for myasthenia gravis include acetylcholine receptor antibody test which is the test of choice since it is the most specific test then followed by Electromyography, which shows decremental responses to repetitive stimulation of motor nerves, a CT scan of the thorax, atrophonium or the tensilant test, which is no longer used because of its limited utility because of some high false positive rate. Treatment for myasthenia gravis include acetylcholine esterase inhibitors like pyridostigmine, thymectomy, immunosuppressive drugs like corticosteroids azathioprine and cyclosporine, plasmapheresis, IV immunoglobulin therapy and we also monitor serial force vital capacities. Now we also discuss Lambert-Eaton myasthenic syndrome. It is also a rare autoimmune disorder in which there is reduced neuromuscular transcription, uh, transmission. It may be a paraneoplastic syndrome and it is usually associated with small cell lung carcinoma. In Lambert-Eaton myasthenic syndrome, the autoantibodies are directed against the presynaptic voltage-gated calcium channels. Clinical features include proximal muscle weakness with reduced or absent reflexes. There occurs autonomic dysfunction, which includes dry mouth, constipation, erectile and ejaculatory dysfunction, orthostatic dysregulation, we also discussed the diagnostic part of LEMS which includes physical examination 
on physical examination we can find a lambert sign in which patient's muscle strength improves with repetitive or ongoing use for example muscle force gradually increases when a patient with lems is asked to squeeze the examiner's hand then we also discussed that we do an emg in on which repetitive nerve stimulation results in incremental responses confirmatory test is serological detection of anti vgcc antibodies we also do ct scan of the chest abdomen and pelvic region for evaluation of an underlying malignancy we also discussed the treatment for lems which included therapy of the underlying malignancy amifepridine which is an orphan drug which is used as a first line treatment of lambert-eaton myasthenic syndrome and whose mechanism of action is blockade of presynaptic potassium channel which increases the action potential duration which causes increased presynaptic calcium concentration then we also had a quick comparison of myasthenic gravis and lambert-eaton myasthenic syndrome on which we discussed the associated diseases the muscle weakness and whether the reflexes were preserved or absent we also discussed the emg between both we also discussed whether there occurs autonomic dysfunction in myasthenia gravis or not and the same for lambert-eaton myasthenic syndrome and we also discussed whether how they react to acetylcholinesterase inhibitors i hope you found this episode helpful thank you for tuning in please subscribe to our podcast if you have any questions comments or concerns visit our website at spoonfulofsugar.org and post them under the link for this episode good luck with studying and remember that if you ever have a sos moment while studying spoonful of sugar is always here to help the medicine go down